Hi, welcome to Not A Book Review Podcast. This is your host Vandana and in today's episode, we are going to discuss The Night Swim by Megan Golden. You can check out the discussion questions that are available on Penguin's website. Now before we start, I would like to give you a small synopsis on the book The Night Swim. Basically, it is based on a true crime podcast in the story where the host is also covering a controversial trial and she finds herself drawn deep into the small town's dark past and a brutal crime that took place years before. Now, this is her first season. Sorry, this is not her first season. This is her third season and she is covering this trial as a topic for season three. Now, the podcaster is Rachel Kral. She has become a household name and she hopes or at least she seems to be the last hope for thousands of people seeking justice. She's been used to being recognized for her voice, but she's not used to being recognized for her face. So she finds it very unsettling when she finds a note on her car windshield when she's on her way to New Paulus where this trial is taking place, asking, begging for help. Now, she's definitely confused and a little bit scared as if someone is stalking her. So now what happens is the small town itself is being torn apart by this devastating rape trial because the accused is the town's golden boy. He was a swimmer destined for Olympic greatness and he has been accused of raping a high school student. But she's also the beloved granddaughter of the police chief. So there is a pressure for Rachel Kral to make season 3 a success and she throws herself into interviewing and investigating this trial of course but then these mysterious letters keep coming up to her and who knows what maybe there is a connection between the two and Rachel starts asking questions that nobody wants to answer or at least they don't seem to want to answer and sooner or later the past and the present collides and she uncovers startling connections between the two cases which will which might change the course of the trial and everyone involved so basically this is the basic story and let's get on with the discussion questions the first one is in Hannah's childhood recollection about what happened to Jenny it's clear that she sensed that something bad was happening to her sister do you think that the other people in the town would have known or suspected and could have taken steps to protect Jenny? I think so, yes. I mean, a town that small where everyone knew everybody, if they were so convinced about these girls' reputation, that family's reputation, wouldn't they have been convinced of the boys who were harming them either? I mean, come on. Okay, maybe you thought these girls were asking for it or of course it's not the girls it's just one girl Jenny and Hannah is the girl who is stalking uh, Rachel asking her help to solve this case Jenny was the one who was murdered and uh, I'm hoping that when you listen to my podcast that you're actually you've actually read the book because I don't want to give away any spoilers and uh, I mean, even if you didn't read the book also, I think it will be a good way for you to gauge whether you want to read it or not. So, yeah, 
Hannah wants justice for Jenny because everybody thinks she drowned but Jenny was a really good swimmer herself so fact that she was drowned is not believable and uh, also Jenny was facing a lot of problems before she was well she was killed basically but uh, or she was found dead and uh, what i really don't understand is how the towns people couldn't care any less that one of their own was found dead and at such a young age i think jenny was only around 16 years of age or less maybe when she was found dead and i thought that was very cruel of the town to think that it was just like doesn't even matter because at the same time three other boys were also killed by a car accident and uh, for that they made a big fuss and there were memorials for them and uh, so i was like what how can you really do this i felt it was very cruel of them no matter what reputation you think one person has that doesn't make the person who was found dead to be any less valuable every life has its own value and uh, we are nobody to judge that so if someone so young like jenny was found dead she too deserved to be acknowledged and there were many things that pointed out to the fact that she was she didn't drown but something else entirely happened but it was all covered up and i'm surprised nobody bothered to even question it her own mother was dying so even though she did try to uh, go to the authorities and demand for a proper investigation she was so fragile that she ended up dead herself soon after the daughter was also dead and they could have taken steps yes definitely uh, but i thought the town was very weird like they couldn't care less what was happening in their own town it was like you look after yourself there's nobody here to take care of you and uh, they couldn't care less i felt and yeah that's what i feel like the next question is Pete tries to stop Rachel from seeing the nasty social media comments about her podcast. He tells her that social niceties don't apply on social media and that people will say things that they will never da- dare to say to a person's face. Was he right to protect Rachel in this way? Sure. People can say anything they want to on the social media, right? On YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, or I don't know, there are so many others now, Hive, Twitch, Twitter, so many Snapchat so many social medias out there and yeah we will think twice to say nasty things to each other when we are face to face but we will not think for even a second when we type something on our typewriter or our mobile wherever it is it doesn't matter we can say whatever we want to and there is no social niceties there is nobody to hold you accountable either and of course it's free speech we are free to say whatever we want to but uh, i do think many people don't care what they say how it affects the person who reads them or the people around it may not even be you may not be even be the target of that comment but it will still affect you because it will go into your mind thinking oh this is what people think this is what certain people think and uh, it might affect you 
especially regarding weight or the skin color such kind of things no matter what you write there will always be others who will be affected by it not just your intended target so i think yes pete who is her social media manager uh, rachel's uh, he does protect her from it because it can get too much if you keep reading it you might go paranoid so many such examples are there where celebrities they uh, on purpose they will leave off their turn off their comments section because they don't want anyone to comment nonsense on their pictures so yeah and i have myself read so many comments and i'm like wondering wh- why why <laughs> i don't know why do you write such things anyways yeah so i think he was right to do that do you think rachel if she had known what people were saying on social media it would have influenced her coverage definitely i think so because even if you don't want it to affect you some way or the other and subconsciously you might want to not say something because you might think oh if i say this then what will they say if i did that what will they say and you might not be very honest in the way you present things which is very important if uh, you want to come off as real so yeah i think uh, even if she is a strong person also the more and more you read it the m- and the more negative impact it can have you can have it can have on you so yeah i think it would have influenced her coverage as well why do you think that people are so outspoken on social media for the obvious reason that we can't be face to face right i mean yeah if i could say nasty things to you and it kind of feels detached also it really is not coming out of our mouth and we don't feel anything when we are typing it out and just pressing send or enter so we feel a little detached from it and also we feel kind of uh, like uh, what do you say i would not not happy but relieved that we are able to say it at all because we won't be able to say it face to face but we can say that because it doesn't matter as i said it, there will not be any consequences either so it's very easy to be outspoken on social media now the next question scott blair's mother accuses rachel of covering her son's trial for the fame and money do you think that rachel treated scott fairly in her coverage of the trial how important is objectivity in media coverage of trial and other news events okay one i thought rachel crawl was very objective very objective she only presented the facts as it was she covered the trial as and it was and i thought i ha- in fact i thought she was not even taking any sides i wanted her to take at least one side and i felt she was not taking any sides but of course the people involved in it will definitely feel like uh, people like uh, rachel are only trying to attain fame definitely even though it is their job to do this and some jobs are just taken up on their own like podcasting nobody is going to pay you for podcasting nobody is going to it's not a job in like a uh, 9 to 5 job or something where you're somebody else is also accountable for the things you do you you are doing everything for yourself and uh, so when you do something that can put you on the map so to say others will definitely think that you're doing it for the fame so that you can get a cover a leverage of it on your own and so it's natural for scott's mother to think that 
but i felt she was very objective in her coverage of the trial and uh, yeah how important is objectivity definitely very important i hardly see any objectivity in news media now uh, every news outlet is taking someone or the other side politically economically socially in any sense of the word the news media in fact they are associated with a lot of uh, companies or political parties or organizations anything of that sort so i don't think there is any media outlet now that is objective but it is definitely very important it's also very targeted so if you are pro this uh, or pro that you will be watching only that particular news channel or that particular blog or that particular uh, youtube channel or whatever it is whichever news outlet you follow so it's very targeted in that sense also so i think yeah there is uh, what do you say there is no objectivity left in media coverage anymore but it is very important that there is uh, objectivity and maybe it will come because there are certain news channels which i think especially on youtube where people are more interested in sharing information rather than uh, just picking sides and uh, saying their opinions there are certain youtube channels like that so i think uh, though it's very less and definitely they don't have as much reach as maybe the bigger channels so yeah that's what i feel like the next question is hana sent rachel letters rather than approach her to help or rather approach her to ask for help why was she so reticent to tell rachel her story in person now hana is the sister of jenny who was murdered i mean who was found dead yes and all that uh, and this is the story this book goes in dual point of view so hana in her letter she says whatever happened to jenny so that is the past and then there is the podcast segment where rachel is giving out her coverage of the trial and then there is rachel's section where she uh, shares her point of view what is happening so i thought that was very weird how she was not really meeting her rachel even tried to meet her but she didn't i thought by the middle of the book she will meet her but it doesn't happen for the longest time and it was really getting to my nerves but then whatever rich hena was sharing with rachel was very ha- sad and heartfelt and i couldn't really uh, bring that against her or hold that against her so i was like and she was really grieving even now her jenny's murder had happened 25 years ago and she was still grieving she still couldn't forgive herself for not helping jenny and uh, even though she herself was sword she was just 6 or 7 10 i mean 10 11 years old or something i believe so maximum 12 years old when jenny was killed and uh, she still she was still holding herself accountable for not helping jenny and uh, maybe she was she couldn't forgive herself and uh, she couldn't come to accept that anybody could be trustworthy or 
would be really interested in helping maybe she wanted to be detached as much as possible so in case rachel didn't bother with it she could just continue on maybe i don't know maybe that's why she was so reticent to tell the story in person i felt for her now next question is mitch alkins tells rachel that he is not a fan of true crime podcast he says he doesn't understand people's fascination with other people's strategies which i agree and he calls these podcasts modern day rubbernecking why do you think that people are so fascinated by true crime podcast hmm that's a very intriguing question i myself personally do not listen to any true crime podcasts but i have tried to listen to some of them and it gives me kind of scary and it's kind of fascinating at the same time it's because why do you like to read thrillers like i like to read thrillers a lot it's because i like to solve the mystery and uh, true crime podcast may also be same for others people who like to listen and think of how to solve these mysteries just like some people are into books some people are into movies some people are into podcasts so everyone has their jam and uh, just like i like to read through it maybe people like to listen through it so maybe that is why some people are fascinated by true crime podcasts i don't know this is just my opinion it could be anything it could be the way the person the podcaster speaks it could be the story itself or it could be because you are interested in solving it, it could be so many varied reasons i can't pinpoint one of them now do you agree with mitch alkins that it's the modern day rubbernecking i think mitch alkins is the prosecutor in the book and uh, it's whether i agree with it or not i don't know i mean as i said everybody has their own jam and uh, it doesn't really matter what which way you prefer it and i wouldn't i don't think i am qualified enough to make any assumptions about that to each his own the next question is dale quinn try to make scott blyer come across as sympathetic to the jury and to the people in the courthouse in what ways did he do this was he right not to bring scott blyer onto the stand now as far as i know the accused does not have to come on to the stand he does not have to defend himself so it was the right thing to not bring him because till he is on the stand people have people have doubts till he doesn't open his mouth people will have doubts you know the benefit of the doubt can be given to the accused now the moment he is brought on to the stand and he opens his mouth and he says one wrong thing then there could be many people on the jury who could think oh if he can speak like this then he might as well be guilty so the best thing to do for accused people are not to get on to the stand but obviously dale quinn is the defense attorney and uh, he has to give a reason to the jury to take his side so making scott blair the accused sympathetic to the jury is obviously the natural thing to do and i i completely agree even though we as readers think he could be the rapist we don't know that i when i was reading the book i was not completely sure what happened but then the more and more i could see the victim and her behavior i felt like yes it really did happen and uh, scott deserves to be punished but 
just a natural thing for the defense attorney to bring make the accused look as sympathetic as possible to the jury so in what ways did he do this i don't particularly remember they brought out his uh, great many accomplishments he was an olympic athlete so he was a great swimmer he was a champion and he used to help uh, in charities a lot of people came to testify his character a lot of important people who mattered and so you would as a naive jury would think that he was not guilty or that he is innocent so i think so in this matter that it was a good thing he did not bring him on the stand yeah the next question do you consider bobby green or vince knox to be a victim or a perpetrator or both now bobby green vince knox they are the same people and uh, they he was part of the gang in 25 years ago uh, as i mentioned earlier three boys were killed around the same time jenny was murdered or killed and uh, bobby green was the one to survive he survived it and uh, so it was two boys who was killed please forgive me there were four people in the car that day and two boys were killed and one one survived so that was bobby green now whether he was a victim or a perpetrator or both i think he was both he was a perpetrator 25 years ago and uh, later on uh, as his circumstances i revealed more and more we realized he was also a victim of his own circumstances surrounding environment were there other characters in the novel who could be considered both victim and perpetrator uh, as far as i know i don't think so i cannot really think so anybody else other than bobby green maybe maybe mitch alkins but i don't think he was a perpetrator he was also someone jenny knew had a crush on 25 years ago but for some time i really was not sure if mitch alkins was involved or not but uh, i don't know i don't think so anybody else was both victim and perpetrator you guys have to read the book to know to decide for your own the next question rachel suggests in one of her podcasts that maybe sexual assault trials should be handled differently from other trials because of the nature of these crimes which sometimes rest on whether there was consent what is your opinion definitely these are very delicate matters and not everybody is comfortable talking about it and more importantly not everyone is comfortable listening about it either nobody wants to know what happened in the intimacy and in the privacy of your life nobody wants to know about it it's com- uncomfortable and uh, i don't know what's the word to say it doesn't uh, uh, not everyone has to be free of judgment not everyone has to be like oh poor you everybody is judgmental no matter what in your mind you will end up judging that person so a different a different way a different way of holding the trials for sexual assault victims uh, is a good thing a whole separate court for them which is not a new thing there are many courts for different things so for this also it would be nice i know some trials can be in camera where nobody is allowed inside that helps i guess i'm not sure but 
it's very difficult very difficult to hold these trials who's right who's wrong but i do believe a woman will not point fingers unless an uncle she is a victim and she wants to be a survivor though i know i do know there are many uh, what do you say false accusations also which makes it tricky but uh, nevertheless i think it's best to keep these trials a little separate from the usual ones and finally how did covering the trial and learning about what happened to jenny help rachel reassess her own experiences as a woman um i don't know how how can i judge what rachel has turned into i think she was always a very smart woman i thought she was always very kind helpful after all she was helping hana despite hana never coming face to face with her so i did i think it made her i think it made her a little more determined in the end to help as many people as she could because in the beginning she was uh, kind of made to think that she could not help everyone by pete especially by pete but uh, towards the end when she could have when she could helped solve hana's case i think she felt more empowered in a way that she will be able to help others as well even if it is just one case at a time so i think uh, that's that's the big change that i think i saw in her yeah so in the end i would like to conclude by saying that the night swim was one of the best books i have read among this genre it's thought provoking it's sad it's it's not sad like like it's going to make you cry or anything it's just you realize how helpless some people can be and uh, how cruel people can be and it affects you because you know it's true also that's that's what makes this book stand out and i'm glad i could read this book and i was really looking forward to her next book as well megan golden's book stay awake by her and i believe she will continue rachel crawl's series i think she has already written a second one in this uh, rachel crawl series where uh, she talks about uh, a true crime i mean in the book not really but yeah so i'm looking forward to reading that book and i think i ga- I, i gave this book a four stars i believe and uh, i read this in january actually and i'm glad to have read it i'm looking forward to reading her next book stay awake and uh, yeah let me know if you read this book this was the book of the month for readers to treat book club you can find us on uh, instagram or catch up on my personal instagram handle what's on my dot bookshelf so let me know if you have read it and what you thought about this podcast and I'll catch you in my next one till then stay safe take care bye bye